Hello, and welcome to Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. There never seems to be a dull moment these days and times we're living navigating through the ebbs and flows of the pesty COVID-19. Students are returning to school at the K-12 and college levels. Workplaces are juggling policies for hybrid work model operations. Mask and vaccine mandates appear to be on the rise, and entertainment venues from sports to cultural arts are trying to recover from last year's shutdowns. Moving forward, we'll all have to continue to exercise wisdom, resilience, and innovation to help get us through this all. And speaking of getting through, One sector has perhaps been the most vital throughout the past 18 months in helping us to move forward, and that's the healthcare sector. And today we will hear about the workforce development strategies of one of the largest healthcare systems in the country. I'm excited to be joined by Advocate Aurora Healthcare's team member and workforce development director, Clayton Pryor. Clayton brings a wealth of workforce development experience to the table, having served in various leadership capacities with a number of organizations. I'm looking forward to hearing his insights. So welcome, Clayton. I'm glad that you had the opportunity to join us today. And I'll dive right into our first question. So you have an extensive background in workforce development. Can you share with our listeners a bit more about your journey that led you to your current role at Advocate Aurora Healthcare? Absolutely. So my journey began almost 20 years ago, and it really started in my undergraduate years. I was working very closely with the Director of Minority Affairs. I finished my undergraduate degree at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, and he spent most of his time working to support minority students like myself, who were first-generation college students, really to navigate our own personal barriers to completing our degrees. And as I was working with him over the years, I thought to myself, man, you get paid to help people every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it it really just kind of ignited a passion in me to really help people to access their potential. So that started my journey. And, you know, I started my career in hospitality management. I went into a corporate training program and, you know, things were going well, but it really wasn't my passion and what I wanted to do. So I navigated into a role in Urban League. So Mm. Wide County Urban League, and it was a split position. So it was focused on workforce development and STEM programming. So I worked with pre-college programs and I also worked with youth in kind of the workforce development space. And really from there, my career really just took off. I had an opportunity to lead a lot of summer jobs programs and a youth build program. I moved over into the adult sector when we did the uh, Put Illinois Back to Work after the last economic downturn Mm -hmm. in 2009. And it really just spawned from there. So I kind of moved over into the Chicago Urban League. And in that role, I was able to oversee federal, state, uh, local grants, working with a variety of different populations. And really the opportunity at Advocate Aurora just came up and they had received an investment to create infrastructure for a workforce development department. So it really just was a new opportunity for me to dive into a new sector and really just leverage the skills that I had learned over the years. So it's kind of a Yeah. And you bring up a good point, Clayton. And for the listeners that are out there, oftentimes our path to where we end up is never straight. So, you, you know, you start out in different things, but until you find your niche, you kind of try out a bunch of things. You bring those skills and that experience with you to that new role. Mm-hmm. It actually helps you become successful in that role. So I'm really glad that you kind of talked about your journey to get to where you are, because oftentimes when we're dealing with our young people, 
their vision is that I want to go from here to there. And sometimes, yes. no, the line is not straight. It swerves, it breaks, it, <laughs> it comes back together, it zigzags, you know, and, until you really find the thing that's considered to be your niche that you enjoy the most and the thing that really, really, really brings out the best in you. Sure. So my question number two is, as one of the 10 largest integrated health systems in the United States and leading employer in the Midwest with more than 70,000 employees, Advocate Aurora Healthcare is indeed a major player. How are your workforce development strategies impacted, if at all, by the organization's dual base in two states, Illinois and Wisconsin? Sure. You know, I think for me, it's really just given us an opportunity to expand and leverage our best practices. So, for example, we had two legacy organizations that came together in Illinois. We were doing some pretty unique things with the community workforce initiative called the Advocate Workforce Initiative. And we're able to kind of lift and play that model through the Milwaukee Healthcare Workforce Initiative and vice versa. We've been doing some really great diverse abilities work in the Milwaukee area and we're able to lift and play those in Illinois. So I think it's really just a great opportunity. You know, as I look at workforce development, I think every city is any city. So what I mean by that is there are similar issues that impact high barrier populations. There are political nuances. There are different challenges. But as we think about those barriers to workforce development or gainful employment, it's really lack of education and access and food and transportation, deserts, violence, all those things. So they're very similar. Even though we're in two different states, you can lift in place some of those same challenges and really the solutions that help to make people, or I should say, give people better access to the jobs that are available. Absolutely. So, you know, throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, healthcare workers have been at the top of essential worker lists and classifications. How have you all worked through these unusual circumstances as an organization? Yeah, I will say COVID-19 has been a challenge for us all over the world, particularly in healthcare. But I'm really proud of Advocate Aurora and how we've supported our team members as well as supported the community. You know, those who have been on the front line have truly been our healthcare heroes. You know, I think as an organization, some of the things that I've observed have been increased flexibility. There was a time we had hazard pay. We opened up daycare centers. We have a pretty robust employee assistance program, among other resources that really have been put in place to ensure that our team members have the support and the resources that they need to continue fighting the fight to eradicate COVID-19. So it's really been a journey, as you can kind of tell from the news, it's ebbed and flowed over time. But I think that we, we've done a really good job, us and all, a lot of the other healthcare providers, in supporting our team members so that we can you know, continue to do what we need to do. Yes. And I can appreciate Advocate Aurora and a number of things. You know, for example, Advocate Aurora has been a corporate leader in out-of-the-box workforce development initiatives, ranging everything from providing opportunities to justice-involved individuals to enhancing career advancements for your incumbent workers through your Navigate program. And we have partnered with Advocate Aurora on a number of those initiatives. You know, prior to coming on this call, I talked about how last week we were launching a partnership between Advocate Aurora, Employee Milwaukee, and a number of other community agencies. And you guys have done a really good job with involving the community in a number of your programs. Can you share a bit more about what drives these workforce development philosophies? Sure. If I can take a couple of steps back, I think just from my workforce development experience in community organizations, one of the things that I've seen as being consistent 
is a lot of times organizations are chasing funding opportunities. And what we call, you can see me, I'm doing my air quotes, is ambulance <laughs> chasing, right? right. <laughs> so we're chasing these opportunities. And a lot of times there's a lot of rigor that's established with the Department of Labor grants and the state grants. While well-intentioned, sometimes they provide training in the rears. So we're working with our training providers and we're providing training based on standards that are current, not necessarily where the industry is growing and where they're headed. So one of the great opportunities for me and kind of leading an employer-led workforce development initiative is to have that seat at the table to really influence the type of training and resources that are needed for someone to be successful in healthcare. So as a part of that, what we've done is really adapt an outside-in, inside-up approach to workforce development. And really what that means is we're creating strategies and programs that reach out into our communities, that we provide access through education and training and resources for people to take advantage of the available jobs within healthcare. Once we get them into the organization, some of them may start in an entry-level role. But the idea is that we create inroads so that they can continue to build in their healthcare careers. So moving into more middle skill and leadership positions. And we do that through work like our Navigate program. That program provides essential skills training. Um, we provide mentorship and really opportunities for people to understand what their career plan could be and see themselves beyond maybe what that initial role would be in healthcare. And really see us as creating a pipeline of diverse talent for the organization. So our strategy really starts at the middle school level. So mm -hmm. we really want to help kids become exposed to healthcare careers, but then also support them through programs like our partnership with the Summer Jobs Program or career exploration, mm -hmm. internships, apprenticeships, the diverse abilities work. I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can continue to build this pipeline so that we have the talent necessary to support our healthcare infrastructure. And that's wonderful because so many of our children of color, exposure is the key to their success, having an understanding. You don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. And that's why the exposure is so critical. And when you talk about career pathways, oftentimes we understand career pathways to be the pathway that you get when you're at a tech college or yeah. at a university. But your career pathway can be within an organization, having an understanding that there's upward mobility, especially in an institution, a healthcare institution like yours, where you don't have to be a doctor or nurse per se, but there's so many other opportunities that can lead you to a career pathway that leads to family sustaining wages, leads Absolutely. to opportunities. And so that's really, really wonderful to hear because our young people need to know in healthcare in particular, there are so many <laughs> opportunities that doctors and nurses are not the only pathways in the healthcare right. industry. So I'm so happy that you mentioned that. And just thinking about following the murder of George Floyd, efforts to improve diversity, equity, and inclusion seem to sweep employers across the nation and by storm. I mean, we got lots and lots of phone calls from employers wanting assistance or help around their diversity and equity and inclusion lenses or programming. Are there any specific efforts and or initiatives at Advocate Aurora related to this? Have you guys done anything different since the George Floyd incident or was things already in place prior to? Well, definitely glad to say that we were already on the diversity, equity and inclusion journey. That fashion of our business is led by Erica Joy Daniels, who I'm sure you're probably familiar mm -hmm. with. So we've had a lot of success in that area. After the murder of George Floyd, I think what it did is give us all an opportunity to pause and reflect about how we want to show up in the world, how we want to show up as employers, how we want to show up as in individuals. One of the things that we did at Advocate of World was double down on our DEI efforts. 
And really what that included is more forward investments in our communities of color, you know, deploring any racism within our organization and the community. And the benefactor of a lot of this was our workforce development programming, where we were able to invest more in training programs that help to provide equal access, that help to level the playing field, to reevaluate how employers show up to these communities. So we oftentimes are the largest employers in said community. How do we ensure that the community is benefiting from that, from an employment perspective, from a procurement perspective, even from philanthropy and how we support these different individuals, initiatives, community-based organizations? You know, I definitely think it has helped us to reimagine how we show up in that space. So given the ongoing technological advances in healthcare provision, including lasers, robotic surgery, and the like, Healthcare is growing more and more high tech. Does this also mean that job seekers desiring careers in healthcare must be technologically advanced? I think that there's a growing need for technology skills in healthcare as well as a lot of different industries. For me, what that will require is stronger partnerships with our educational providers. Mm-hmm. And that's really to ensure that we're training individuals that will have the skills necessary to be successful. That includes for our incumbents creating internal skill building training programs, whereas we modify different procedures or move to more technology-based operations, we get them the skills necessary so that they can be successful in their jobs. And those who are interested in moving to you know, other healthcare careers also have an opportunity to do so. But you know, to your point, I think the technology advances are all over the world. Yeah. In every yeah. industry in healthcare is not a miss from that. No. You're correct in that, you know, people say, well, will we lose our jobs with the technology? And when we look at a number of the research, the jobs are changing. So traditional titles of jobs no longer exist, but then there's a creation of a new job. And so that's the piece where you see evolution from a number of employers as the technology continues to advance. So tell me, in your estimation, what is the biggest misconception people have regarding healthcare careers? I think you hit it on the head earlier as we were talking. I I think a lot of people, particularly in communities of color, they see healthcare as doctors and nurses, right? Mm -hmm. They don't understand that in order for a healthcare system to function, you need every business function that is clinical and non-clinical. So as you think about human resources and finance and healthcare information technology, community health workers, all of your different technicians, there is a vast hundreds, thousands of roles that individuals can take advantage of in healthcare. So I think our community initiatives, as we've kind of been very intentional about creating awareness, even starting at the middle school level, but even getting out into the community and helping people to understand how their skill set can align with some of the available jobs or even their aspirations with the right training can land them into that family sustained wage job. I think that's really where we have the opportunity. But I think the misconception is really that, you know, they're limited to clinical roles mm-hmm. and they kind of the doctor and the nurse and not all of the support functions that really help the hospital run smoothly. You know, when I was younger, I was in the Explore Nurses post, like high school students would do that. And I thought because my family came from nurses, I'd do that. But my grandmother became ill and had to move in with us. And there was a lot of things we had to do with my grandmother that made me think from the clinical perspective, I don't know if I could do this right. for a stranger. But had I known 
there was a such thing as community nursing where you actually are in the community. Maybe I would have went, you know, continued down that pathway, sure. but I only saw it from the perspective of a hospital being inside of the hospital yes. and what nurses and do there. And so that's the thing. That's the exposure. Like I say, our children of color really, really, really need to have an understanding of is get out of the traditional mode of what we've been taught to think about these careers and know that there's so many more. Like you said, to run a business like a healthcare system, you need more than just doctors and nurses. It takes Absolutely. everything to do that. And, and listeners, especially the young people, that's where the exploratory has to be is knowing that there's other jobs in the healthcare industry that goes beyond just doctors and nurses. So I ask everyone that I bring onto my podcast the same question. And as a leader, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, it's a really good question. And I think for me, it is really simplistic and it's one that made a difference. As I started this conversation, I really kind of talked about my passion for helping people to realize their potential. And I think that's important. And I think that as we explore further diversity, equity, and inclusion, as we look at our communities of color, as we look at the history of our country and the world, we understand that there's a lot of differences and the playing field has not been leveled, right? Mm -hmm. I see my legacy as making a dent in that. You know, I see my legacy as creating opportunity, helping to empower people to live their best lives and create generational wealth and change for their families and for themselves. So if I can do that, it's no small feat. But if I can do that, I think I'd have a great legacy. And again, thank you so much, Clayton, for sharing your insight and your journey with us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. I would say, is there any parting words you'd like to leave with our listeners before we conclude our podcast today? I want to say thank you for the opportunity. I've enjoyed getting to know you and, you know, all the great work that you're doing over in Play Milwaukee. I would just say, I think that people should continue to explore the workforce systems, figure out how they can support the ecosystem and continue to make this work. Even for those who are job seekers, I encourage them to look at healthcare as a potential career pathway. There are a lot of exciting opportunities that I think that people do not fully explore. So I would encourage anyone who's interested to look at Advocate Rural Health and just really look at healthcare more broadly as a potential career choice. Again, thank you, Clayton. Such a pleasure to have you on board today. You as well. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.